By the time the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office decided to press charges against Bill Cosby, it made complete sense for them to come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because they knew I wouldn't be scared off by the complexities, the complications, and all of the ambiguities. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Drive Like a Mother podcast. I am your host, Ivy Harris. In the studio with us, we have one of the greatest karaoke queens I know. <laughs> In addition, she is a 2016 Philadelphia Business Journal 40 Under 40 recipient, former assistant district attorney for Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and such a great mom. She grew up in Willingboro, New Jersey with her mother, father, sister, and brother. She attended Lafayette College, majored in neuroscience, and she was going to attend medical school until she had a come-to-Jesus conversation with her sister, which we'll talk about that later. (laughs) After getting some experience as a financial analyst at, Bo- at Bloomsburg, she went to Temple Law and became a lawyer specializing in sex crimes. She's one of the leading forces behind the Me Too movement, a wife, mother of two sons, and has drive like a mother. Please welcome Kristen Gibbons Fedden to the Drive Like a Mother podcast, y'all. Yay, Kristen! Thank you. <laughs> Kristen, Chrissy, <laughs> you have been hustling. <laughs> All right, so talk to me. What's the latest with Nikki and Ethan? How are they doing? They're doing great. Ethan just turned six. A week, well, a week ago, we went to Candytopia. Candytopia. Uh-huh. Candytopia. Candytopia. That's here in Philadelphia right now. It's one of those um, exhibits where they go through and they... Uh, they go through and get candy and they do all these fun pictures and um, it's kind of like one of those reality uh, uh, like you know places that you go to and you take these fun pictures and it looks like they're falling through right. kind of like a Willy Wonka you got it. type of deal it's so fun <laughs> uh, yeah so that's great happy yeah. birthday yay and the boys just got uh, new stripes in their Brazilian Jiu Jitsu nice. so mom is super proud yeah Nikki's doing really good in that he's yeah. a I know, my little skinny string bean of a son. He is a beast on the mat. He is. Don't don't get him (laughs) twisted. Let me tell you. He is not joking. All right. So, uh, you know, with all the success that you've been having, is, is Big Nick your uh, your manager? What do, you, what do they call a, a husband manager? You know how they have the mom managers? Yeah. What yep. do they call the husband manager? Hamager? Hamager. <laughs> is he your hamburger? No. <laughs> Is he your hamager? He is. He is my hamager, and he is the love of my life. He holds it down. He really does, man. He does just such a great job. Yeah. You know, he's in it with you. He wants he you to is. be bigger than life, you know? Yes. And as I'm you sure know, he like, just threw me that surprise party you yes, were at. Yes, you know. that's right. We were I like, was completely he was surprised. Like, he was like, bring all the champagne you can bring. <laughs> Everybody. Let's make it rain champagne. Right. <laughs> and, of course, you made it rain with the Moet. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I well, love you, know, you. Listen, only the best. <laughs> um, so, you know, you are one of the smartest people I know, and you've accomplished so much at such a young age. Um, how do you think having a speech pathologist and a doctor as parents, rest in peace to your dad, you. influenced you as a student and a professional? You know, I think that they set the bar really high for me. Um, you know, and I do the same for the boys, but they set the bar high. They taught me the importance of education. They made me love my race, my gender, myself, my inner being. And they essentially taught me that money isn't everything, but do what serves the community and do what's going to satisfy you personally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what kind of influenced me. Right. 
That's great. And how do you do that for the boys? I, I would imagine that it's kind of similar um, to, to your profession and what you do now. How do you um, do that for, how do you impart that wisdom on the boys? Yeah, you know, I, you know me, I'm a little on the strict end, but we I like to, to have be. a lot of fun. Yes. Especially with boys, it's you know, true. you know. So I, I do. I, I, I set the bar high for them. I'm very low tolerance on, you know, the riffraff. Um, and I think that it's really made them into respectable young little boys. I agree. I agree. Being a prosecutor, you have to do the heavy lifting of research, interviews, writing and winning in the courtroom. And many of your cases deal with sex crimes and violent acts. These cannot be easy to deal with, especially on a, an emotional level. What are some of your outlets? You know, and you know, personally, I love running with my girls. Yes. You're one of my partners, girl. We've ran races together. Yes, yes. I love doing that. It, yes. it keeps you accountable. It really does. And it does, does blow off the steam. Yeah. But it you does. are more of a runner and an athlete than, than I am. No, I wouldn't say that. But I do like to jump on my Peloton. Oh, nice. Did you yes, get one of those? girl. I know. Peloton, I mean, if you guys want to sponsor, I mean, I'm yeah, here. Man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you want to. Please do. <laughs> uh, yeah, jump on the Peloton when I can't get inside. And wine yes wine yes. girl that's right that's right well you know but i think you you make a good point though because the most important thing is as i'm doing the lifting in the heavy lifting in the courtroom i do keep my focus on my clients and specifically my victims and yes. i think that's the most important thing yeah because even when the work becomes unbearable you know if you focus on your victims who are really going through something really horrible who are going through who are extremely vulnerable and then I look to God to kind of help me with that burden. It makes it all worth it. That's it amazing. And I would imagine that it makes it you, you compartmentalize what you're doing. Absolutely. Right. To be able to deal with something so heavy. I, I think that compartmentalizing is probably one of your strong suits because you, like you zone in like you focus hard. <laughs> like you go hard in the paint. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and and I would have to imagine also that um. You take it. You take it as a personal offense that these people have wronged someone. That's right. And take and have tried to take something away. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And a lot of times these people are in positions of power. So not only have they wronged someone, but they abused their power. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um. So people who are familiar with your name and your work would say that your most important case, as you rose to fame, was taking down Bill Cosby. Would you agree with that? You know, I think that. Before I answer that, let me give you just a real brief journey. Yes. Uh, about, you know, just my journey as a litigator. Please, yes. You let know, them know. <laughs> I'm going to let them let know. Let them I. know all that work you put in before this case. <laughs> right. So I, when I was in law school, I was on one of the most competitive trial teams in the country at Temple Law. I traveled the country with that team. I defeated Georgetown. My team defeated Georgetown in the finals uh, at a prestigious competition. I was mentored by the guru of evidence, Eddie Obam, God rest his soul. He literally wrote the book on evidence in Pennsylvania. Wow. You know, and, and when I finally got the opportunity to test out my skills in the courtroom on behalf of victims, specifically Philly and Montgomery County, um, when I was an intern at Philly and a prosecutor at Montgomery County, all in Pennsylvania, I took cases to trial where I believed my victim, where mm -hmm. most other prosecutors would not. And that was a reputation that I had, and everyone could attest to that. And prior to that point, I was recognized 
prior to Bill Cosby, I was recognized by victim agencies and, as you pointed out, by Philadelphia Business Journal as well. That was all before the arrest Mm -hmm. of Bill Cosby. So by the time when I got to the when by the time the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office decided to press charges against Bill Cosby, it made complete sense for them to come to me mm-hmm. um, cause, because they knew I wouldn't be scared off by the complexities, the complications, and all of the ambiguities. Um, and then if I chose to recommend not to go forward, that it would be 100% because we, because I knew that we would not be able to to char- to um, prove this case beyond a reasonable doubt, you know? Right. And so I spent the years getting prepped for an occasion like this, you know? Right. And as you know, you and Q have been so successful, but talent and skills really only one part of the equation, you know? So when I had that moment where God put me in the position to deliver or not to deliver, and I'm making the closing argument um, in that second Bill Cosby case, God gave me the strength to deliver. Yeah. When and I was you, making yeah. those recommendations, God gave me the strength to deliver. You, you delivered. Know? You delivered. They said you stared him down. <laughs> <laughs> you went walking over to him and everybody was like, what is she doing? You stared him down. Right. And the official answers, you know, that's all the work. But you know me, girl. When I get angry. That's right. I see red and I stare you down. That's right. <laughs> and and to to talk more about that. What has been your response to people who are upset about the prosecution of Cliff Huxtable? So you want the public answer or the private one? Or both? I, the, the one that you want to put on uh, the podcast, Apple Tunes, Apple, Apple Podcast. You're my girl, so I'm going to tell the truth. Okay. You know, um, you know me? Yes. I know your parents, too. Right. I know how they were, also. That's right. I go to a black Baptist church. Yes. Um. That was five minutes away from Cosby's Cheltenham house yes. where he assaulted Andrea Constan. Um, I went to Temple Law, an institution that literally is synonymous with Bill Cosby. Uh, my daddy went to Central, where Cosby went. I'm a black woman raising two black boys. I am so incredibly proud to be a black woman. Um, but when I see pain, and I know the pain that people feel um, with this prosecution, Bill Cosby was a black legend, you know? And... The narrative that his people put out, that he was a black legend targeted by a white woman, I understand it. This country has a deep and painful history about how black men were treated um, back during slave times, right. during the civil rights movement, and even today. Right. Um, right. But as a prosecutor, as a human being, and as a woman, I can't be swayed by partial true narratives. Right. They pick and choose the facts that they want to highlight to achieve their goal. It's so true. You know? And I, I have to, like, I have to imagine that that's, again, something you have to compartmentalize, right? Absolutely. From being that black girl who grew up watching, you know, the, the Cosby show. Right. To then prosecuting America's TV dad. You got it. It was tough. It was tough. But you had to take that out of the equation to do your job. I did. And quite frankly, I really didn't have to take it out of the equation because three of our victims were black women. Wow. Three women who testified on the stand against Bill Cosby in both trials were black women. And that's not the part they highlight. Nope. 50% of the women who testified against him were black. Wow. I did not know that. I did not know that. Yep. All right, let's talk about karaoke for a second, something a little bit lighter. All right, all right. We perform many duets together. Yes. yes what is your favorite song to perform? Okay, so it really does vary depending on, you know, my mood. But 
generally my favorite song is Whatever Mood I'm Feeling plus Beyonce. Yes. And Lord help Nick when I'm in the lemonade <laughs> mood. Oh, man, that poor dude. He's like, Has, I am not Jay-Z. Hasn't done anything. <laughs> hasn't done anything. <laughs> but I'm ready to bust the windows, you know. Right. Something. We're ready. Yeah, right. we are just, ready. Bat swinging. That's right. That's right. But since I'm with my girl, my fave right now is 7-Eleven. Okay. Put it sideways, smack it, smack it. In the, I like yeah, it. Yeah. I like it. Yes, we <laughs> definitely cut up in yes, the in the do. karaoke uh, spots here in Philadelphia. <laughs> and why is karaoke so satisfying for you? Duh, because I get to be Beyonce right? for that moment of time. It takes you into your. <laughs> for me, it takes me into that alter ego space, yes, right? Absolutely. Like, you can literally just be who you want to be and really rap or sing your butt off and, that's and right. have such a good time. And that's what we do. We get a couple of drinks. That's right. We rap, we sing. Yes. We do all the rap songs too. We don't care who's there. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what is they? What are they doing? I know. <laughs> Like we are rapping. I know. We need to go in disguise. Yes, we should. <laughs> we should dress up like uh, Beyonce and Nikki. And yes. Do that, do that, and do uh, flawless. Yeah. We should do that. I'm feeling myself. Right. I'm feeling myself. <laughs> All right. So what drives you to be successful? Um, You know, I'm not really driven to be successful. I'm driven to do something with my life that kind of gives me some purpose. I like it. You know, for me, helping people who've been sexually assaulted, who have been victims of crime, who are suffering because they lost a loved one through homicide, those are the people that I feel fulfilled when I am able to assist them in some regard or even just have a shoulder or allow them to vent with. Right. That's kind of what drives me is just being there for people. Right. Uh, Now that you are top dog, Decorated lawyer, top law firm, well-known orator. What are the next set a set of goals you want to accomplish? Well, right now I'm in the process of making a leap from Stradley Ronan, um, a fantastic law firm, over to Saltz Mongaluzzi, another fantastic law firm, because I want to pursue um, plaintiff's work. I want to represent victims of crime, kind of going back to my prosecutorial days, but more in the civil realm. Um, and so those are t- kind of my next steps. Um, I want to be able to put all of my time and effort towards working with victims of crime um, and really advocating for them in the legal profession, both in the courtroom and with the legislators. Mm-hmm. Those are my next steps. And so how does that differ from what you do now? So what I do now is I do more corporate compliance, internal investigations, more institutional responses to discrimination, sexual assault, sexual abuse. Um, but I don't really have the opportunity as much to represent victims of crime. So now with uh, my new leap, I'll be able to do that. That's great. All right. So the last question I have for you today is what is your ultimate dream car? So you know me. I'm not a car lady, but any car that keeps my family safe and has my family inside is my dream car. But I do like them Audis. The Audi is nice. They are my husband loves the Audis. That's oh. that's his car. He loves it. His... Love them. Mm-hmm. So which one? Do you like the? Oh, <laughs> Wait. Okay. You just said you weren't a car person. I'm sorry. I'll just I'll go on. Well, I do want an SUV. I want it to be pink. Okay. Um, four wheel drive, all that junk. Okay. With just just looking pretty. So if so, when you're in the market, mm-hmm. that's called a that's the that's the Q series. Okay. So there's a Q3, Q5, Q7, Q8. What's the difference? The seating mm-hmm. number oh. one and the features number two. I want top so the features. the Q3 is the smallest, the Q5 is the medium, and the Q7 and the Q8 are the bigger ones. 
all right, I'll probably do the seven because mm-hmm. I don't want too big. Right. I think the seven has like a third row. Okay. Yeah. I could do the third row. Audi, hey, listen, I know your cars. Let me know if you want a sponsor. Please do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank your you time. For Thank you for coming. My Thank pleasure. you for sharing with everyone uh, what you've been doing and who you are and how amazing you are as a person. Thank you. And um, tell everybody where they can reach you. You can always reach me at kfedden at kgfedden.com or on Twitter. My handle is kgfedden. Thank you for your time today. You've been an inspiration to me, and I cherish you as a friend. You are humble, caring, and will give your lives to to those in need. And that is beyond special. Keep going, Chrissy. And to my audience, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Drive Like a Mother. Peace.